Hi there, my name is Soraya. And I'm Yasmin, and this is the Souls Not Souls pod. Where two unapologetic sisters dismantling mental health stigma, one conversation at a time. Oh, oh yeah. Still working that <laughs> Look, I did it for like the intro bit and then I pretty much completely forgot about it for the rest of the podcast last week. So <laughs> yeah. Um, look, Soraya, I know it's been a solid five minutes since we last spoke, but how are you going? You know what? I am doing PG Keen. I'm so good. Saw my psychologist today. Probably should have mentioned that in the last uh, podcast, but you know, we're a week later, so it doesn't really matter. But yes, saw my psychologist today. That was very good. How about you? I am good. Um, Today, after about like four hours of tech issues with my work systems, I didn't throw my laptop out the window. So... I've had a good day. Achievements you know? were made. Yes. We celebrate the small wins. <laughs> Self-control <Okay>. is <laughs> one of those little wins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not breaking public. Company property. Company property. <laughs> Keeping your job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good, um, good, no. good. Good, good man, good. Um, I don't know, working from home, uh, so all the days turn into a blur. You can ask me how I am, like, what did I do today? And I'm like, I just don't know. (laughs) I got up. I'm breathing. That's all I know. (laughs) I think I know what day it is today. (laughs) I've kind of been like that too because I've been, like, being off for a week sick and stuff and I'm just kind of like, oh, the haze of, like, what day is it? Oh, I have to go back to work tomorrow? Oh, fuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Welcome to my life. (laughs) I prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So last week with our part one episode, we talked about uh, toxic behavior and how you express that behavior, that toxicity um, onto yourself. Mm-hmm. And today, Soraya, I'm going to talk to you about um, toxic behavior that you could present onto others as oh. a result of like post past trauma and stuff like that mm-hmm. lay it on me <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think something that a word that's thrown around a lot in like you know um in the world on social media is triggers right people be like oh my god like i'm so triggered like oh my god stop i'm so triggered um triggers are actually like a real big thing for people who have experienced trauma Mm -hmm. triggers can be small the trauma can be small um triggers can be large trauma can be large um and they don't always correlate to each other right your trigger may be you know quite insignificant towards you you might not even think about it you might not even recognize it as trauma but your trigger and how you react as a response from that trigger could be out of this world yeah Right. So what is a trigger? A trigger is essentially, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's a, it could be a word. It could be an action that you would see in your day-to-day life, encountering your day-to-day life that puts your feelings and your state of being back to the time that the trauma occurred. Mm-hmm. 
right? So what happens is it's like an emotive response to something that has happened in the past that may not necessarily be happening right now. Yeah. Although it might be a similar situation um, that elicits a response from you that you can't really explain. Like yeah. being like, you might be like super angry, super sad over this one insignificant thing that's happening in your real time because it puts you back into the setting that you were in at the time of the trauma, right? So to give an example to sort of, you know, make that mumble jumble of words make sense, um, in my own personal experience, um, my trauma was related to uh, an abusive relationship where I was, you know, emotionally, physically, financially um, abused uh, mm-hmm. and put down all the time, made to feel like I wasn't intelligent, wasn't worth listening to, deliberately ignored, that sort mm-hmm. of does. Yeah. So for me, one of my greatest triggers is, you know, deliberately not being listened to or being talked over, mm. you know, which, um, you know, was always a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> um, and like, you know, what makes it really difficult is that we are from like in a Hispanic family. We're all, yeah. when we're together, we're all loud. We're all talk- talking over each other. We're very passionate people. So obviously yeah. for you, like, and I have noticed it's gotten, like you weren't so much like that when you were younger, but I've noticed that it has gotten worse in the like the la- like last couple of years and stuff where you get so frustrated that you yeah. storm off. Yeah, because in the past, like like I said, it was always a pet peeve for me. Mm. And unfortunately, what happens when, um, you know, you're in an abusive situation or a toxic situation, people pry on your vulnerabilities, right? Yeah. So because it was a pet peeve of mine, um, you know, this is something that this person used to make me feel less than. So, you know, I'm quite an intelligent individual. I have a lot to say. I've always had a lot to say, all right? I started talking very young. Okay. No, like, not even working on Like, Yasmin used to do a thing when we were, when she was younger. Like, I didn't talk till I was like three. And Yasmin mm. started talking from like six months. And mum just thought like this was just such a freaking wonder. Because she, she went from me not talking till three to Yasmin talking at six. Going through the shopping center, Yasmin being the like the little, you know, baby compartment of the trolley. And she'll go over to the person and be like, What are you buying today? <laughs> you know, at this is at six months old. And she was just so fucking adorable. Yeah, I'm still adorable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, I always felt like I had something to say, even uh, asking people what they were going to um, eat for dinner tonight at the shopping center. Um, but like, look, I love discussing things with people half the reason why we're doing this podcast and what had happened in uh my experience is like this person in particular made me feel lesser made me feel like what i had to say wasn't worth their time Mm. what i had to say wasn't worth anyone's time it wasn't relevant it wasn't intelligent they were smarter than me stuff like that and the ways that they would do that would be talking over me Mm. or just deliberately ignoring me and I would have like a whole spiel of like five minutes and then they would turn around to me and be like sorry I wasn't actually paying attention because what you were saying wasn't engaging or correct oh that is such a fucking asshole move oh yeah 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 and like look I like I said it was a pet peeve of mine Mm. beforehand um And so, you know, because it was a pet peeve, I would get really exasperated. And for them, it would be an excuse for them to be violent or aggressive towards me because my reaction 
to that would be like, excuse me. So what has happened there is the trigger. So that's the traumatic event, right? Yeah. So to me, the trigger is then, you know, someone talking over me and it could be innocent. Like you said, like our family and like, I think it happens with a lot of people. You'll be talking and someone will like interrupt you and be like, yeah, but this. Yeah. For me, at those times, it always puts me back. It's the first thing I think of is, excuse me, I have a right to say what I'm going to say. Yeah. Or you think you're smarter than me Mm -hmm. just because you have something to say. Like what I have to say is valid. What I have to say is important. It's that emotive response to something that's happening now because of what I've experienced prior. Yeah. It's obviously become like a bit combative in that situation. Yes. Like, cause I've noticed yes. that, you know, like when Defensive we've had, even. yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I've noticed like, you know, when we've had like, you know, family dinners or family get togethers and like, for example, one of us interrupts you. Oh, that's like, that always turns into a fight. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> because like, I will, mm. I will say that the pandemic has made me better yeah. at communicating, but that's, we'll get to that later. Sorry, you were saying something and I interrupted. <laughs> How fucking dare you? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 ha- it happens. Um, and that's yeah. the thing. It's just like normal discourse. Like that's, that's just going to happen. But like, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see why that gets so frustrating. And like, obviously, with Dad and I, like, when we, when we like debate and stuff like that, and you can, like, we can see you trying to get a word in, but like, Dad and I are just like, because Dad and I are very similar to each other, so we overtalk yeah. each other and go, no, 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 mate, no, 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 like, you know, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like, even sometimes, even if I'm not the person really involved, like even if I'm not speaking, the events trigger me and I get like defensive on the behalf of other people because mm. I know what it's like in this, in this particular instance, using this as an example, for me, it's like, I know what it feels like to be talked over. I know what it feels like to be made to feel like what you have to say isn't important. Excuse me, let her talk. Let him talk. They were talking. Stop talking. Yeah. Like I would get really defensive on behalf of that person because I'll see it happening. Mm. So essentially triggers and lashing out as a result of triggers is apparently, according to my prior therapist, um, a, a, a form of PTSD. Okay. Yeah. Um, because your emotions, it's almost like your soul is transported to the time of the trauma. Yeah. And the response that comes out from you, that lashing out towards other people is a direct response to that trauma, like PTSD. Like you would get, I think there's a lot of misconceptions with PTSD, which I think we could really do an episode on possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, where, you know, PTSD you can only really get because you're going to war or you've been in war or whatever. It's not the case. Like I said beforehand, you know, traumas could be little, they could be insignificant, they could be something that you feel like doesn't really warrant um, you confronting, but it influences your behaviour and your response Mm -hmm. to those triggering events, right? Anything as little as, like what I said, you know, my response is lashing out at people who don't let me talk. Yeah. You know, to, to the outside person, it could be like, what the hell is her problem? But, but um, it's also like, because they, because your ex was invalidating what you were saying, like you, you weren't important. So when people do it to you, that's kind of like where you get to that, that 
point again, which I've also noticed yeah. as well sometimes, and I'm not trying to call you out, but sometimes it's no, I love when people call me out. <laughs> um, sure. Sometimes when, you know, someone has a different opinion to you, you get mm. like, and like, yes, you might be educated on the subject and they're just going from like their point of view. If it's yeah. not based upon an educated view, I notice that you get very, very angry because you're just like, what the fuck? Like it, you, that's when I've seen you lash out in those moments too, when you're just like, no, I've done it, the study. Like, why are you telling me things? And it's because the person is telling you their p- opinion based upon their own personal experience and kind of like- you it's not that- an informed opinion. No, it's not an informed it's not an opinion. opinion. It's not an it, yes, it's not academically um academically yeah. Yeah, educated yeah, informed. It's a it's from personal anecdote experience. I'm honestly just thinking of when you say that because I know that this happens like when we have our little family kitchen table mm-hmm. discussions, and I'm like, <laughs> but I've studied this. Yeah, but the one time that I actually honestly was the most triggered was when our grandfather tried to convince me that the Greens were going to give their votes to the Liberals in the election. And I was like, no. A man's on crack. (laughs) A man's on crack. (laughs) And he kept talking over me. So it was like just a double whammy aggressive response from me being like, but I know this. I know this. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, like our our grandfather is very much a very true South American male with the machismo mindset, where it's just like my word is law, and therefore if I say it, then that's the reality. It's like no, no, that's not how this works. He's a man, so he's the smart, smartest person. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yep. 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 Just because God gave him a um, penis. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> talk about masculinity. One episode later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, going off from that tangent. So, yeah, essentially, you know, what happens when you lash out is, you know, you're projecting your insecurities that have come up from that trauma. You become a sim- like super defensive because, mm. you know, it could be even. A, Okay, so I know someone who their parents got divorced at one point in time. I honestly can't remember. I'm really sorry. Um, But for them, because there was like, it was a really messy divorce. For them, one of their triggers was actually seeing people in happy relationships. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. And then seeing them fight. You know what? that actually reminds me of like, I used to have a primary school friend, very much not a primary school friend anymore, ends up turning to be one of my bullies growing up. Um, She used to lash out at me because my parents were in a happy relationship and very like mum and dad very much disgustingly love each other to a point where it's just like, stop, just stop doing that. And like something that I've always been grateful for is that they've always like shown love in front of us. Um, And her parents were going through the messiest divorce. And so then whenever I used to say like, Oh, you know, I spent time with my parents and like, Oh, they're just so gross. Like, you know, with their hand holding and stuff like that. So adorably, grossly cute. And she would lash out at at me or like she turned me she pretty much turned me into her punching bag because it was just easy for her 
her too. So I think like her trigger was that like my parents aren't going through a divorce and they disgustingly love each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so she used to turn that hate on towards me to get her own frustrations and trauma or triggers out. Yeah. So for this person that I was uh, talking about mm. um, was kind of like not exactly the same for them. Their trauma was seeing people that were in happy relationships fight because uh, their parents never fought in front of them until they decided to get divorced. Uh, and then yeah. the parents weaponized the children by uh, being like, you know, tell your mother, I said this, tell your father, I said that because even though we live in the same roof, I'm not talking to them. Oh no. So for them, it was an extremely difficult, that was a trauma for them because mm. they were put through, they were used by their parents as a weapon to get yeah. at each other. So for them, seeing happy people, pe- people in happy relationships and even being in a happy relationship themselves and coming to the point where there would be conflict, rather than seeing that conflict can be resolved mm-hmm. because there is such a thing as healthy conflict. Yeah. They just couldn't see it from any other point of view. For them, their trauma had made conflict in their mind negative, 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 negative all the time in terms yeah. of relationships. So for them... That that elicit, that response that was elicited from them made it difficult for them to be in romantic relationships. Mm. Which is you know very I mean? sad. Because they would be- lash out. Well, it's also because they're being taught that, like, you know, if you fight, that means you break up. It's like, it's like it. I, I find it so weird when I hear that couples say, we don't fight. It's like, how can you yeah. not fight? Surely and, not. And because, like, the only way you can grow in a relationship is if you do have that conflict, because I'm sorry, you're not a perfect fucking match. You're never going to be a perfect match. It's the fact that you're putting up with shit, not yeah. saying anything. And then you resent, cause you usually find that the people, like the families, like the parents or married couple that don't fight, they end up getting divorced because they resent each other so much because they don't want to fight. Yeah. But I think also like with this particular person in, in, in this example that I was saying, yeah. it wasn't that their parents didn't fight. It's that they never saw the fighting. Oh, okay. Until they were brought into it. Until they were brought into it because the parents always hid it so they could play happy families. But once the charade was done, mm. once they had decided to get divorced, that mm-hmm. was it. So the kids were brought into the arguments as well as seeing them for the first time. So that was a huge trauma for them. Yeah. And rather than confront that trauma, rather than, you know, um, you know, try and try and work through the trauma. They didn't even recognize it as an issue, but they weaponized it in their own romantic relationships. Uh, so, okay. in the event that they had an argument with their partner, mm. they'd be like, "That's the end. Guess I'm a shitty partner. Guess you don't love me." When, as you said, you know, people are not perfect matches every single day. Mm. Like, as a person you experience tiny little things that mold you into the person that you are going forward. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it makes sense that you grow every single day. Now as a couple, if you're in a romantic relationship, you have to work through those little conflicts, those ha- mm. healthy conflicts to continue to grow together because that's how you get to know each other better. Yeah. I mean, yes, you get to know each other through good things as well. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, but you know, that's super important. So to talk about trauma 
and, you know, getting defensive with your triggers and projecting your insecurities. Mm. I think one of the most important things we need to remember in terms of what we were talking about last week, where you had mentioned that, um, you know, because of your trauma, you saw yourself in a negative light. Yeah. You would talk down to yourself. Mm. You would, you know, you, you, you have all these behaviors that you put up against yourself because of the trauma that you've been through. Yeah. I think personally, something that I've found both in my own experience and in my own research, something that happens with trauma and the reason why we hold on to it and the reason why it still has power over us is because, you know, in terms of little triggers, even when you work through with a psychologist or whatever, you still don't know what you did to deserve the way that you were treated Mm. and you cannot understand why it happened to you. Like you just can't, you just can't comprehend it. Right. Yeah. So that's like, even, even if you've worked through your trauma with a psychologist, even if you're not eliciting that, you know, um, self-deprecating behavior, the reason why you can still get triggered after working through your trauma is because deep down in your mind, you know that you deserved better at the time. Yeah. Right. So you're holding on to this feeling of why, like I didn't deserve that. How could they possibly believe that I deserve that behavior? So then when you experience that slightly similar event, you get really defensive because you're still holding on to that feeling of, I didn't deserve this. How dare they treat me that way? What did I do to deserve it? And because you don't actually know what you did to deserve it, because you know deep down that you didn't deserve it. Yeah. You don't know when the next person is going to make you feel that way. Do you think as well, that's it. uh, Another thing as well with like the sort of triggering is that because for you, for example, Mm -hmm. like, because you didn't stand up or say, for example, like in general, like you, they didn't stand up to the person that abused them or the thing that triggered them or set those boundaries. So from when someone they feel is triggering them, they lash out mm-hmm. because it's almost like they're taking, like taking it out on, mm-hmm. like taking like pretty much their, like for it, it, it's in retroactively example, standing up for themselves. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. so in your example, like it's like in the back of your mind, like, you know, I, I never did this before, so therefore I should do it now. And this person is like my Probably. my abuser I never, now. I never thought about it that way. Mm. Um, for myself personally, in my experience, I would always stand up for myself, mm. which would always elicit an aggressive response from the other person because I knew I deserved better. Yet I stayed around because you know of you know the abusive cycle i'm sorry it will never happen again it will okay well maybe that's a thing for me maybe i um get so defensive because i don't understand why i stuck around because Mm. that in a way was letting myself get walked on right yeah so maybe you're right maybe it's a way of retroactively being like you can't treat me this way and guess what i'm not gonna put up with it (laughs) You know, like in the terms Maybe. of like your, yeah, like in the terms of your friend, I, I, I explained it really poorly, but like in the terms of your friend, like <laughs> the frustration that she had on her parents, he, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you just said friends, so I just, I just it automatically went to female. Anyway, I was hey. saying gender neutral. Oh yeah, well I wasn't. For <laughs> sake. Anyway, so no, do you think because he didn't set the boundaries with his parents, gone? I'm not doing this. I'm not getting in the middle of this, and that frustration mm. that he was feeling, then he now takes it out on his partners. It could be that. It could also be that because for him in his little world, you know he never saw arguments until they were the, the end of the relationship, yeah. you know? And, and it was so very him, toxic on how they do it. Yeah. And I think for him, it was such a traumatic event that he couldn't see past that, um, what had happened to him to look at other people's relationships and realize that maybe that was just a thing with them. Mm. But I definitely think, like, I mean, I suppose when you're a child, how do you stand up for yourself? How do you set boundaries with your parents? It's really difficult, right? Yeah, because your parents, hit, you know, about. yeah. Well, you're the boundaries episode. Mm. Well, they're the parent, yeah. and you're the child, so it shouldn't be the. It should be the other way around. Yeah, I think it's also like what you're presented with, right? Mm. You only know as much as you know. Yeah, sure. How can you know more than you know? <laughs> how can you know more than what you've been taught and what you've learned? Um, you know, but anyway, look, I definitely think that in terms of toxic behavior towards other people, you know, if it is related to a trauma, mm. you know, it's really hard. I mean, you might not even know that you're acting out in regards to a trigger, right? Yeah. Or re- reacting due to a past trauma. Mm. So, I mean, like you could even just be an anxious individual and not know what the trauma is that caused you to be, to have anxiety disorder. Yeah, because you haven't confronted right? it yet. Because you haven't confronted it. Or you could be in the midst of a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, like in our episode a few weeks ago where we talked about COVID anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the people who would resonate with that episode are in the middle of a traumatic event. Yeah. It's really hard. Sometimes it's really hard to know that you're in the middle of a traumatic event. I think it's quite good that everyone's in the same boat, which means people are becoming more aware of the fact that they could be in the middle of a traumatic event. Yeah. But in general, you don't always know. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, it's very hard to not recognize when you're having aggressive reactions towards certain things. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, deep down, you know, when you're not acting like yourself, whether it's because, you know, you've become aggressively upset aggressively you know lashing out towards other people um really depressed really anxious like you feel that yeah sometimes you just can't put words towards your meanings you can't define your sorry you can't put definitions on your feelings yeah right but if you've acknowledged the fact that you're feeling these things Mm. i think something that's really important is communication And this is just in regards to triggers and everything. This is how you confront your toxic behavior to other people. It is communication, 100%. So if you're in the midst of a toxic event and you don't know, or sorry, a traumatic event, and you don't know what it is that's making you toxic, Mm. but you know what you're doing is harmful to the people around you, I think a really good idea is to communicate to the people around you that you're showing this behavior to and being like, look, I don't know what it is 
that makes me feel this way. I just don't. Yeah. I know that what I'm doing isn't good for you and I'm sorry and I want to try, but I need your help. Mm. And I think a way to seek help from the people around you is for them to call you out when things are happening. Yeah. So if you don't know what's triggering your toxic behavior because Mm -hmm. you just can't figure it out, a really good thing is to have other people call you out and be like, Hey, let's pause this. You're really angry or you're really upset. Why don't we just step aside for five minutes? You calm down and focus on what you're feeling and try and figure out how you got to this point. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, that's a support person, but the real work you have to do yourself. You have to go to your support person. You have to ask them to call them out. You have to be committed to not being toxic before that person can support you. I think also as well, it kind of makes it difficult because as humans, when we're in the moment, sometimes we can't stop. Oh, absolutely. It is you know, we, we sometimes, sometimes that support worker could just turn around and be like, fuck you and then walk off, you know, like, cause they just can't. That's true. Cause you know, in the end, that's asking someone, that's asking someone to do something, but then you might have done something with your toxic behavior that's triggered something. Oh, absolutely. Them. Absolutely. And I mean, look, that's where communication is key, right? Mm. Communication is everything and look when i talk talk about toxic behavior if you're being so aggressively toxic to people and you know that you're doing wrong and you know you can't rely on those people for support Mm. then there are other avenues you can seek for support right yeah that's if you don't know if you don't know what your trauma is if you don't know what your triggers are if you're completely lost and you're constantly eliciting toxic behavior onto others if there's no one that you can go to for support and you're so lost, there are avenues out there, external avenues to your circle that you can seek help through. Professionals is what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Professionals. And, and I think like the one good thing about like psychologists and stuff is that the initial couple of, uh, couple of sessions is pretty much discussing your life and things that you've been yeah. through and things that have happened. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's some things that you don't say everything to because that sort of stuff, more stuff gets sort of revealed later on, but it gives them a good basis to work upon to sort of focus on certain, certain areas. And sort of give them wiggle room to figure out what's going on in that little noggin of yours. Yeah, exactly. Um, But like I said, that's like, if you absolutely have no idea what's going on and you're feeling lost, definitely that's an avenue. Mm. In terms of communication, when you do know what your trauma is and you do know what your triggers are, it is so important to communicate with the people around you about your triggers, Yeah. but also to learn to communicate through your triggers. Yeah. So say, for example, recently um, I was, you know, spending a lot of time with, a, with someone And I had mentioned a few times that one of my, you know, one of the things that really gets me that really triggers me is when people talk over me or Mm. if people ignore me and things like that. And something that I did mention when I was just like, you know, look, if you don't have the time or the energy to hear what I have to say, because 
I don't think I deserve to be listened to all of the time. Mm. What I, what I cannot, when I get triggered, it's when someone turns around to me after I've spoken and be like, sorry, I wasn't paying attention because it wasn't as important as what I had gone on. So for me, it's always been like, especially recently, because this is a trigger I found out that was related to my trauma recently because mm. I've been doing the work. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, like I communicated to this person and I've been really good at communicating it with my parents is like, you know, if you don't have the time for me or the energy to have a conversation with me, I need you to tell me in advance yeah. or tell me the second that you tune me out. Or like, if I start talking to you and you're in the middle of a thought process, I need you to turn to me and be like, hey, I'm in the middle of a thought process or I'm in the middle of this or I just don't really feel like talking right now. Can you come back in five minutes? Yeah. That's totally fine. If you've got something going on inside your head that is more important than the words coming out of my mouth, mm-hmm. then I need you to tell me. Yeah. Right? But the thing is that, I mean, look, I have had triggers recently and I have not been the best at responding to these triggers in recent times. Right. But something that I will, um, that I am relatively proud of myself for is acknowledging that I've done wrong. Mm. I think, you know, we're human beings and we're not perfect and we're not designed to be perfect. And I think that, this whole thing of like, I can't apologize because I wasn't wrong is just, it's, it's something that's really wrong with our community. So yeah. if you've had like, if you've lashed out and you know that you've lashed out against someone and you can see why you can see the trauma, you can see the trigger, you, you, you can understand it. You need to go to that person and you need to explain to them what's happened If they're important to you, if they're in your circle, you either need to explain to them what happened or you need to go to them and say, I know you deserved better in this situation. What happened here was not your fault. Mm. And I'm going to work towards doing better. And you know what? Actually do the work because saying that stuff isn't going to make anything better for anyone. Yeah, because I was about to say, but then... playing devil's advocate that can get to the point where people start using that as an excuse for their shitty behavior no no absolutely not you know if if your if your if your apology includes sorry that i did this to you but but. this is why (laughs) like you know sorry sorry that i did this to you you didn't deserve this the reason why it happened is xyz yeah and you didn't deserve it yeah and then just being like help how can I like how did I make you feel and you know can we work together to make sure that this doesn't happen again yeah where it could be you know them calling you out on your shit or like you know just going stop and just like let's walk away and come back to this again because there could be all like you know triggers are very difficult because when someone can get really heavily triggered Mm. um it can like really fry their system. Like it just Absolutely. puts them in such like fight or flight or like mainly fight mode. Um, yeah. And as well, like we need to stop using using triggered yeah. as a word to invalidate someone who is triggered. Like, oh my yeah, God, absolutely. you're so freaking triggered. 
stop being like triggered. It's just like, yeah, I am, but don't invalidate like my, how I feel. So, you know, it's like, you know, people going, oh my God, you're like so woke or like you're so this. It's just like, yeah, because, you know, these are things that bloody trigger me. Yeah. These are things yeah, that bloody trigger me. And I'm sorry, but by you trying to go like I'm so triggered is invalidating the negative feelings I'm having right now. And guess what? These feelings and the things that have happened to me were not okay. Yeah. And pretty much by you saying, oh my God, you're so triggered is pretty much saying to me that those things, I kind of like those things have just happened and it's not important. Like, yeah. you know, just get it. It's the classic, just get over it. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say that because yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I think a lot of the times where I think, look, it's a difficult one because I feel like if you're not good at communicating your triggers and your trauma, mm. um, that response could come out left right and center just get over it because you know if you can't communicate that your current behavior is a result of previous trauma then of course not of course like I don't think it's justified but I think people are just going to believe like well if this is just something insignificant why can't you just get over it like why are you being so aggressive right yeah but then again it also is shows you know the lack of support and compassion of the other people because, yeah. like, look, in terms of my own personal experience, I know that a lot of what happened to me in that abusive relationship is a direct result of trauma that my um, ex-partner had gone through. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I deserved it and it doesn't mm-hmm. excuse his behaviour. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of saying, oh, you know, they were abused as a child, so they became a, a child molester. It's like, you know, that's not an excuse because not yeah. every person is just, yeah, it's like his toxic behavior towards you was not mm. an excuse for the trauma that he's experienced. No. And I think why it's so important to me to communicate how important it is to do the work is because this person who abused me used their trauma as an excuse constantly. And rather than saying, I'm so sorry I did this to you, I acknowledge the fact that I could do better. And actually doing better, it was, well, I'm like this because of what happened to me. And if you don't like it, then I guess you're just like them. You don't appreciate me for who I am. But it's also the whole, um, but if you loved me, you would accept me for who I am. Yes, definitely. That is exactly what I... Yeah, that's that. That was a weird flashback. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was a bit. But, my anxiety just sort of yeah, picked up. <laughs> but you know, I did just get triggered. <laughs> yeah, but that's see, that's that's the thing. Is like that's when, that's when using your your triggers and your toxic behavior as a way to justify abusing and being toxic towards other people. It's not okay. No. And if you do it and you slip up, that's okay as long as you are working towards fixing those issues. Yeah. And I think also, like, if you're, if you're slipping up because you're human, if you're slipping up mm. but you're acknowledging that you're slipping up and that you need to do more and that there is more work to do yeah. and you're, you know, especially in terms of the people that you're lashing out towards, 
that you're bringing them into what's going on in your head, why things are happening. And, you know, that's why I love when people call me out because my PTSD and my triggers were so far and wide after this relationship that when people call me out, it helps me learn. Yeah. It helps me learn to be better because if you don't tell me that I'm being awful, I don't know when to be better or how. Yeah. And you know, actions speak louder than words. Actions definitely speak louder than words. A hundred percent. Don't say sorry if you're not going to stop doing the thing. Case yeah. in point, done. <laughs> yeah. So like, look, I think there's also like people out there who like they have triggers and they have trauma and they just don't acknowledge the fact that the trauma is relevant in their life. They just push it away, push it away, but the triggers still come up and the lashing out still comes up and they, they repeat this behavior because they don't want to confront the trauma. But I think that also has like a negative effect too, because definitely these are hurt people and then they hurt themselves more because they've hurt someone else and that they others. care about. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause they hurt someone that they cared about, which makes them even worse with their mental health. And like, and it is very difficult to confront your triggers. They're called triggers for a reason. Like there's a reason why they affect you so heavily. Um, And it's very, very hard to confront them. Like, even though I've been to a psychologist for the last couple of years, I can still get triggered by my triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I get triggered at least three times a day. Mm. And it could be like the slightest thing of like, Okay, so you said three things in the past 10 minutes that triggered me. Yeah. And even though I didn't elicit a, a, you know, an aggressive response towards you, my stomach dropped. Yeah. That's a triggering, that's a response to a trigger. Mm-hmm. Right? So it could be against you, it could be against others mm. that you're experiencing this sort of, my body was lashing out, right? Yeah. So... If you are like me (laughs) and, you know, because like you said, like you can go to a psychologist and still be triggered by things. Same. Right. Like I don't go to, I don't go to therapy anymore, but I've worked through my trauma with my therapist and I still get triggered, you know, over the same things. So one thing I found, and this is a learned, a learned response. Mm is to communicate if you're triggered and you know that you're going to lash out is to learn how to communicate to the person that you need some time alone. Mm. What I have done in the past and the recent past is just shut down. Yeah. Because I knew if I opened my mouth that I would lash out. Yeah. So instead of lashing out, I would shut down, which is not a good response either. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes to just turn to someone and be like, I just need you to give me five minutes. That's like, that's it. But at the same time, not everyone's going to be responsive to that, right? Yeah. It's a really hard thing. I think it's so difficult. And this is why it's really important to express, like to, to explain your triggers to the people around you in your close circle before they come up. So then you can turn to the person and be like, look, I'm experiencing a triggering response. I need five minutes to myself. Yeah. And to breathe and to do some grounding exercises, because like I said, the response to your trigger is like a PTSD response. Yeah. 
So sometimes even just like, you know, focusing on five things that you can see and naming those five things that you can see right in front of you and touching three things and focusing on your surroundings and saying to yourself over and over again, I'm not there and I am okay, Mm. can quieten down a triggering response. Yeah. Even if the response is minimal. Because about 10 minutes ago when you said, you know, um, actions speak louder than words, which is something that I used to say to my abuser all the time. Yeah. My stomach dropped and it's even doing it right now. Mm. But I'm looking at you and I'm looking at my bathroom and my plants and I know that I'm not in that situation. Yeah. Do you think as well it helps to sort of remind yourself like this person wasn't your abuser or this person wasn't the cause of your, your trauma? To remind yourself that too. Do you think that helps you sort of as in the person well? who's getting that response from me? Yeah. So yeah, for, definitely. So, yeah. I, so for, sometimes, like, sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, no. So for so for example, like, say for example, I've spoken over you, right? And then you yeah. start getting that thing, and you start focusing on the things. Do you think it also helps too by going, Saray is not the one that did this to me. Yeah. She's not my abuser. If yeah. I tell her to don't stop, don't speak over me or I'm valid, she's not going to lash out at me. Yeah. Does that help I as think well? Something, yes. It's something that I used to do, like, because my trauma related to, like, a romantic relationship. Mm. It's something that I would do, like, I have done in the, you know, subsequent romantic relationships where if something has triggered me, one of the things I'll focus on, and it probably is really creepy, but I'll just stare at the person and be like, they're not him, <laughs> they're not him, they're not him, they're not him. They're not him. And it might look really creepy to them, but it's something that I needed to do to be like, just because they're your boyfriend doesn't mean it's not, it's him. Look at him. Look at the person that you're with. This is not the person who did these things to you. Mm. Definitely. Absolutely. But I think in terms of like triggers and triggering responses, it's something that you really have to work hard at. You have to learn what your triggers are. You have to figure out what your trauma is because you might not recognize it as trauma. Yeah. You need to learn to react differently. And that learning and that investigating and that communication is such hard work. And I think it's probably the reason why a lot of people don't put the work in because they know it's hard work. Yeah. And rather than put the work in, they would rather just ignore the trauma. Well, and it's also easier just to lash out at someone else and take your frustration out on them. Yeah. And confront your own shit. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Confront your shit. Um, But unfortunately, like we said in the last episode, sometimes people find people in their lives, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's in a romantic situation, who will put up with that sort of behaviour because they believe it's their job to make the other person feel better about their trauma. Mm Mm-hmm which is what I was, which was my role in that abusive relationship. I felt like it was my job to help this person through their childhood trauma when in reality they were almost 30 years old. They should have been fixing it themselves. And and that's, that's the thing as well is like, yes, you seek help from others on helping you sort of deal like, you know, therapists and all that sort of stuff, but the work really comes yeah. down to you and taking accountability for that work it's not up to anyone else to fix your problems for you it's for you to really confront it and do the work yourself exactly and 
honestly, just because you go to a psychologist doesn't actually mean that you're doing the work. Yeah. Some people do use it as an excuse. Mm. Well, I go to a psychologist, so guess I'm fine. Guess I'm cured. (laughs) No, if you don't do the work that your psychologist sets you, it's not going to happen. You're not learning anything. And also if you're not honest, if you're not honest and you're not communicating honestly, whether with your psychologist, whether with your people, then um, you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Like we said beforehand, not only does it uh, directly impact other people who you're lashing out at, but at the end of the day, this is a behavior you're going to repeat Mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt you just as much as it's hurting other people. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how you're toxic towards other people. And that is how you can be toxic to other people. And I think sometimes, you know, because we are the, um, the main characters in our narratives, we don't recognize the fact that we can be toxic because I mean, you don't have to be a bad person to be toxic. You can be a really good person. Yeah. And still be toxic. I like to think I'm a fundamentally good person, but I know I have a lot of work to do because I know that I can lash out at people Mm. undeservedly. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. So just because I donate to charity doesn't mean you deserve my shit. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) So that's that. Mm. Good topic. Good topic. Good discussion. Good discussion. Mm. Yes. 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 I like that. I feel very sane though. (laughs) Very sane. Like one of my friends, I asked them for feedback on the podcast and they were like, I'm five minutes in and I'm already getting a very interesting insight to your life. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I feel very naked. (laughs) Yeah. Which is also something that is quite triggering too, is being vulnerable and actually being honest about your own sort of experience. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's us Mm -hmm. for this episode. Um, Surya. Mm-hmm. What is your self-care activity going to be for this coming week? And even like in the next five minutes, because I see that your partner <laughs> delivered you a freaking pizza in the middle of this podcast. And I'm so hungry. I know I've been picking it out of the way, but that was literally going to be my self-care. It's like, I've had this pizza sitting in front of me for 15 minutes. I've been picking away at it. Right. The toppings are nearly all gone. Cause I've been picking at it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I like my self-care thing is I'm going to eat this motherfucker right now bless and not weaponize it not feel guilty for eating it because i love pizza and pizza's delicious honestly my thing with like weaponizing food and it's probably a very privileged view because i don't have a bad relationship with food Mm. but um when you die are you going to think about all the weight you lost are you going to think about all the bomb ass pizza you ate fucking dude this should be made into a (laughs) t-shirt i am the wise one Oh man. Um, my self care activity. Mm. I'm going to let you eat. You don't have to ask me questions. You eat. I'll talk. (laughs) Um, look, I'm not going to lie. It's my birthday soon ish in a month. Um, and you know, I've had a rough year and I want to spoil myself. No, I want, I want to be spoiled. So I've been spoiling myself. So I've been Mm -hmm. buying myself a present or two every fortnight that I get paid in the lead up to my birthday. Cute. 
So my self-care activity is going to be buying myself more cute shit. <laughs> and because I'm an absolute weirdo and because I want that little element of surprise, because I love birthday surprises, mm-hmm. um, I've asked our mum to uh, gift wrap them for me. <laughs> so even though I know, even though I know what I've bought myself, I won't know it at the second. I, I won't know it at the second that I'm opening the present. I could see mum's response you know I mean? to that. She'd be like, "Why?" She was like, "Are you fucking okay?" <laughs> That's literally what mum's response would be. I was like, "Mum, it's like that one percent surprise because I know what I've bought myself, but you've wrapped it, and I don't know what's what. So when I open it, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, it's this! Oh, thanks, me." <laughs> You see mum being like just being evil and just being creative with it and just like put them in multiple boxes so you like pretty much doing parcel parcel with yourself. No, that's like, something <laughs> you would do. That's something you would do. Mum would literally just put them in different calico bags and be like, I could be fucked wrapping them because you're uh, are you weird. kidding me? You need no, a happy birthday. That would be me too because I don't wrap. We all know that I don't wrap. This but is the I'm bag that it came wraps. in when I bought it. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person in this family that wraps, which is why I end up wrapping all your motherfucking Christmas presents, except the ones you buy for me. <laughs> yeah, true. The person who actually appreciates the wrapping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, my apologies again. I know I normally put the questions introducing the topic in the stories before we record, um, but this time I only put it in 15 minutes beforehand because I forgot. Um, so I'm really sorry that we didn't get to have an engaging conversation as we normally do. However, if you have anything to add, if you have anything to communicate in regards to this topic, you can email us at the soznotsozpod at gmail.com, which is S-O-Z-N-O-T-S-O-Z-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also slide into our DMs on Instagram and say hey, say what you liked about the podcast, if you agreed, if you didn't agree, chat to us, let us know. Let, let, us, let us into your world. Is that creepy? Mm-hmm. And we always appreciate Soz- the feedback too. Yeah, we love feedback. Like I said, I love being called out. So um, if we if we can approve, improve, yeah. mm. let us know because we fine. do want to give this podcast a red hot go, and we want to learn like what works and what doesn't. And the only way that we're going to know that is if you let us know. So please yeah. do. Also, I froth social research. So the more um, <laughs> the more feedback we have on this, <laughs> the better. <laughs> All right. Sure. Well, that's. Well, that's that. Sure is. Sure diddly is. (laughs) All right, guys. Everyone have a good day. Have a good week. We love you. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you. Do your self-care. Do your grounding exercises. And uh, keep not being toxic. Yeah. Bye. Bye.